the Small Business Administration is taking on some major projects in the new year. For one, it now has the job of certifying the veteran-owned status of small businesses looking for federal contracts. SPA takes over this work from the Veterans Affairs Department as required under the 2021 National Defense Authorization Act. It also expects to move all of its loan and certification programs to a single IT platform called MySBA by spring of 2024, that is. For an update, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with the Deputy Associate Administrator of SBA's Office of Government Contracting and Business Development, Larry Stubblefield. Up until we launched our program, the Veterans Administration was the only agency that had a requirement for a veteran to go through their Center for Verification and Evaluation to ensure that they were the owners, uh, legitimate owners of the company before they could compete for sole source and set aside contracts at the VA. For the other 23 federal agencies, they allow veteran business owners to self-certify. So by moving the responsibilities over to SBA and establishing a federal government-wide certification program, we are taking steps to end self-certification in federal contracting for veterans. So we've worked closely with the VA since the legislation was enacted. We've coordinated with the VA and their employees to have them move over to SBA. They had an option, remain at the VA or they could come over to SBA. So we're very fortunate that they agreed to come over. We've uh, managed to bring over the contracting support as well. And then our administrator elected not to bring over the certification management system that they used at the VA, but instead to build our own certification system here as part of a larger initiative that we're calling MySBA. So in getting the employees over, getting the contractors over, coordinating to shift about 2.2 million records over to SBA, you know, we've been very busy and again, very collaborative with the VA and getting this done. All right. Well, obviously, SBA has some experience doing this work. The VA employees you mentioned that are moving over as a result of this transfer, do you have a sense of how many employees and contractors we're talking about here? We brought over 13 federal employees and we've hired seven additional ones because the program is expanding. Presently, we have 20 Uh, federal workers on board, and about 50 contractors or so. And those contractors, they do the application processing, and they run our call center. You mentioned that this is part of a broader effort here. My SBA is the banner that this falls under. Can you tell me a little bit more about My SBA and what the stated goals of that are? We're very excited about My SBA. This is Administrator Guzman's number one priority, if you will. And what My SBA entails is gathering all of our certification programs and our lending programs and having them on one platform, if you will. We're calling it our unified platform. It's going to allow them to come through a single portal, download their documents, and then be able to access all of our programs you know, on this single platform. When I go out in in the uh, veteran community, I like to explain it like this. What my SBA is going to do is we've got these different programs now. There's various ways to access the programs through different systems. 
the single portal entry and being able to access all of our programs, and then we're creating greater reciprocity, if you will, between our certification programs is going to be something that we're very excited about. And when I speak with veteran small business owners, our veteran service organizations, they're excited about this as well. One of the things we've heard over the years, you know, from veterans, for example, the veteran owner applied for a certain, maybe their women-owned small business certification. And then the next year or two years down the road, they want to apply for their hub zone certification. Well, the question is, you know, I've already given you all of my documentation, you know, the first go round. Why are you asking me for the, the same thing? So it's the uh, outward appearances that we're operating, you know, separate entities, separate offices and things of this nature. This is going to unify all of our like I said, our certification and lending programs and allow that business owner to go in, you know, greater ease. So this is a fast improvement to customer experience. And we're looking to get this off the ground sometime in the spring of next year. I know that we're looking at spring of next year as kind of a, a launch date here, but can you give me a sense of how far along we are in things? You know, are there any kind of major milestones as part of this project that are worth unpacking in more detail here? The Veteran Certification Program is the first certification program. It's actually being built on the new platform. And we're establishing milestones for our other certification programs. We're looking at HubZone possibly being the next program. And then on the lending side, I believe there will be an announcement here very shortly on when those the lending programs are going to actually start on the unified platform as well. So we're making progress. This is something that we at SBA is something we know we have to do. And when you think in terms of the customer experience, you know, it is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. To circle back to something you were saying earlier, you were mentioning about reciprocity, and I just want to understand that perfectly. So does that tie back to the idea that you get certified once as a veteran-owned small business and you also would be certified as a women-owned small business or, or something to that effect, that it is that not needing to resubmit all of the paperwork, all the information, you know, multiple times that it's in the system once and you can kind of pre-populate some of those fields. Is that the idea when you're talking about the reciprocity side of things? Yes, exactly. So for our 8A and our women-owned small business programs, you know, they're similar. The VAT program is similar to those two in terms of ownership and control. And for example, if you are a, a woman-owned small business owner and you have your certification and you're looking to have your, your VAT certification, what we're going to do is if you haven't changed ownership or done any, you know, material changes or things of that nature, we're just going to reach back to the VA and ask two questions. Number one, is this a veteran? Yes. Number two, is this a service-disabled veteran? Yes. And you will be granted your veteran small business certification status. So again, this is something we've heard from the, uh, the veteran small business community. And I want to just say, from the time we launched this initiative, you know, with the VA to to bring over the certification responsibilities. You know, our administrator tell us to, you know, to get out in the community and talk to veterans and find out exactly what they're looking for in a new program. So we have had extensive listening sessions. You know, we've done a lot of outreach 
in terms of building our new new system. We actually got a veteran business owner to build the system. We've done uh, brought veterans in for user testing as we designed the system to get their feedback. We've had a pilot program where we brought uh, veteran business owners in and actually had them go through submitting their applications. And the, the bottom line is this is a program that we've developed that's been you know informed by the veteran small business community every step of the way. They've been with us and it's a program that we're very proud of. It's like veterans building a program to support other veterans. Larry Stubblefield, Deputy Associate Administrator of SBA's Office of Government Contracting and Business Development, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get dash involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned working with that community? Oh, uh, yeah, almost, uh, Shane, it's almost immeasurable. The things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics. I um, One of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from, from the NFL uh, was that my mother, my grandmother, my aunt all took care of of people with intellectual disabilities and 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 physical disabilities as well. So all of my life, I was uh, interacting and around um, usually usually young people, but also adults with disabilities. And so I I knew that I knew that work a bit. You know, they ba- they basically were in d- direct care, and and I will say, and on a, obviously we'll say about my my family, my mother, my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints. Uh, but uh, the the men and women that do take care of people with uh, p- profound disabilities are are really um, you know we we can't do enough to salute them. Um, they're they're really heroes, and um, so I was I was drawn when I I and I just saw that you know Special Olympics was looking for someone, and I thought well you know I'll take a look at it and see, see you know throw uh, send in my information, and lo and behold I I, I get hired, and um, I learn uh, every day almost something from especially from our athletes. Uh, we're blessed to have a number of athletes that work here in our office in Washington D.C. And, you know, uh, Terrell, who, who works in, in our mailroom, who comes by with packages and deliveries, uh, if you're having a day that's, you know, getting away from you and you, you <laughs> coffee hasn't kicked in, but Terrell comes by, always happy, always enthused, uh, has, a, has a good story, like, it can just turn a day around for you. And, and, and you think of, I, I, you know, so often when you'll walk away, I'll be like, you know, whatever was bothering me or whatever is you know, stressing me out and come on, you know, like, look at, look at Terrell, like he, he he faces everything with optimism. And, and, and I've seen that also in our going to competitions in throughout the United States and globally, you see people who have had everything stacked against them. You know, their parents, when they were born, were often told this is a tragedy and you should, you should, you know, send your, this child away. Don't, don't, you know, and kind of forget about them, Get, turn them over to the state or or wherever. And, and, you know, that, you know, just kind of wash, wash your hands of it. 
Um, and 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 in in these cases, the parents didn't do that, thankfully. Um, and but they've still faced enormous challenges, you know. And but you see them out competing on the basketball courts or the football fields or swimming, and uh, and and you know, besting their times from from their last competition, and they're so committed and just keep fighting through all the obstacles that they've had in front of them that are not just on the sports field, but also in growing up and finding education and finding groups to be part of and trying to find jobs. And, and, and I've seen so much perseverance and grit uh, from the athletes of special Olympics that uh, I, I, Tim Triver, my boss, the chairman uh, says all the time, and I couldn't agree with him more. uh, We get more than we give. Uh, working with Special Olympics, it, you know, we, and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do, but but we're the lucky ones. We, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because I I said to someone the other day, you know, the things that I've been able to see and experience with athletes, you just don't get to do that anywhere. That that you know, it's a, and it's so unique and it's so uh, joyful and and uh, I mean, we work hard and you know, we we're up against you know the things that nonprofits are up against and you know the you know the issues of the day. But uh, man, you see, it, it, and 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 the inclusion and the at Special Olympics, no one's excluded. You know, no, right. no one's excluded. Yeah. Everyone is equal at Special Olympics. It, and, you know, in a country that's quite divided on so many lines, politically and uh, socially, uh, economically, race and uh, sexual orientation and whatnot. But you go to Special Olympics and everyone's involved. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's equal. And I've learned that it's a model for our country and for our world. Uh, I, I just think that that if if people were involved in Special Olympics in experience the power of Special Olympics for themselves, I, I, I can't imagine that one help our country and help our world um, to experience that true inclusion and acceptance of difference. How, how do we get, how can listeners get involved in Special Olympics? Ways to get involved? Uh, tons of ways. So uh, volunteers, obviously, coaches, officials, uh, and, and the thing that, that, that uh, Tim Shriver has done uh, and really pushed in the years that he's been chairman is the unified sports model that, that I mentioned earlier, um, where people and, and it doesn't have to be. Uh, it's not just school age. It's it's, uh, you know, we say nine to ninety nine or uh, year old uh, folks uh, that play on teams, uh, bowl together, golf together, play soccer, basketball together. Uh, people with and without intellectual disabilities competing on teams together. Um, and that is, I, I think, when you when you go back to the founding of, of our organization, what Mrs. Tri- Mrs. Shriver was trying to do uh, was to, to uh, create inclusion opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities. And you see it at these unified sports events where people with and without are playing together. We still have traditional uh, teams where it's all people with intellectual disabilities competing with other uh, teams, all intellectual disabilities. But this model of inclusive sports and inclusive leadership programs and whatnot, I think is truly revolutionizing and changing the way people see uh, others with intellectual disabilities. That's just like, I mean, that's what we that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people together and bridge difference and, and, and celebrate differences and that our athletes, man, are some of the grittiest, 
people that you will meet and and uh and there's a lot to learn from our athletes and playing sports with them and interacting is is how you'll learn it check us out uh you know uh, specialolympics.org on on our website uh that will link you to your local program you can follow through the the clicks of how to get involved and where what's closest to you you'll enjoy it i can promise you that well, thank you very much, Sean. And, and to everybody listening, I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and we'll uh, talk to you next time on the Lessons in Leadership podcast.